All right, Psalms 24, today's message is Touching Heaven. Next week's blessing is going to be Changing Earth. So the whole series is Touching Heaven, Changing Earth. Everybody say, Touching Heaven. And then say, Changing Earth. Now I want you to say, Reach up, Reach in, and Reach Out. So I want you to think about this. Everybody needs to touch heaven and change earth. So think about like if there was electricity up here and I held on to it, it was like zzzz, and then if I grabbed onto you, what would happen? Touch your neighbor and go zap. See, that's what would happen. Come on, Michael, touch your neighbor next to you. Go zap. The other way. This way. There you go. Everybody do it. Zap. Okay, turn to Psalms 24 and let's go to touching heaven. Here's the entire psalm written by David. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false, he will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him who seek your face O god of jacob lift up your heads O you gates be lifted up you ancient doors that the king of glory may come in who is this king of glory the lord strong and mighty the lord mighty in battle lift up your heads O you gates lift them up you ancient doors that the king of glory may come in who is he the king of glory now shout the lord almighty who is this king of glory The Lord Almighty, He is the King of glory. This is what I want to talk to you today about, is touching heaven and changing earth. Next week, I'm going to talk about changing earth. Today, I'm talking about touching heaven. What does it mean to touch heaven according to this psalm? The first thing is you need to have clean hands. Are your hands clean? Look at your neighbor's hands and look if they're clean right now. Check their fingernails. Dude, are you not having fun right now? Come on, you need to wake up, dude. Okay, now look at your fingernails. Does he have clean fingernails? Look at your neighbor and say, are you clean or are you dirty? See, we don't want you to be dirty, dirty, okay? We want you to be clean. We're going to talk about clean hands today. Everybody say clean hands. The second one is a pure heart. That means you've got to have a heart that's pure. Now, you can't check that right now, okay? We're going to have to look into that today. Do not lift up your soul to an idol. Look at your neighbor and say, no Buddhas. Come on, say no Krishnas. There you go. And number four, do not lie. It's right at the top of your verse on your notes. Take notes with your pens, young people, so y'all can get this. If you're not taking notes with a pen and your Bible, you're lame. Everybody should have a pen and a Bible right now and the notes right in front of them. And you should be filling this in. He who has clean hands, a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. Did y'all come to church or you come to Candy Playland? We came to church. Say, we came to church, Pastor. Say, preach it, preacher. Hey, man, I want to talk to you about the first thing today, and that is clean hands. Open up your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19. What does the Bible mean when it says, have clean hands? What is it talking about? Is it talking about your hygiene? Is it talking about using hand sanitizer? I'm going to show you what the Bible means by having clean hands. Look in your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19. Paul is writing to Timothy, who's a young man. Paul was the pastor. Timothy was his helper. It'd be like, me right into Adolfo. Here's what Paul says. Timothy, my son. Adolfo, mijo. Timothy, my son. I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by following them, you may fight the good fight. Everybody say, fight the good fight. Come on, say it one more time. Fight the good fight. 
So you got to fight a good fight. Holding on to faith and a good, what's that word? Let's all say conscience. Say conscience. One, two, three, conscience. So hold on to faith and a good what? Conscience. Some have rejected these and so have shipwrecked their faith. What did they reject? They rejected faith and they rejected a good conscience. Now, when the Bible refers to a clean hand, do you know what it's talking about? It's talking about your conscience. Now, let me tell you what your conscience is. The conscience is the voice inside of you that tells you right from wrong. How many have heard that voice before? How many know you were doing something wrong? Maybe you were sneaking around behind your parents' back. Maybe you were with a friend and you were lying. And and, and the inner voice said to you, don't do it, dude. Don't do it. I remember one time I was with my friend. We were spending the night. And we snuck out through his bedroom window. We went over to a girl's house. We hung out. And while we were there, something told me, man, we shouldn't have done this. We shouldn't have done that. What was speaking to me that day? What do we call that? Say it again. What do we call it? conscience. And guess what? As we were sneaking back in through the window, Wayne, Joe, where were you? Lights come on. She's in the bedroom. Somebody say, busted. You see, I know what it was like to get busted for not listening to my conscience. How many of you have made mistakes before? And you're like, dude, I shouldn't have done that. I should have listened to my conscience. How many ever regretted some dumb things? Okay, so the Bible says you need to hold on to faith and you need to hold on to a good what? Conscience, that means you don't let go of it. So I want my man, King, to come up. Everybody go. King, 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 King! Now let's pretend this is my conscience right here. King, try to take my conscience from me, baby. No, it's right here. You got to try to take it. Oh, see, I ain't going to let go. We might break it before that happens. Everybody give it up for King right here. Come on, good job. Boop. Okay. Everybody say, hold on to a good conscience. If you let go of your conscience, you're going to do things you regret. You're going to do things you wish you wouldn't have done. And the Bible says you have got to hold on to your conscience. That means when you know you're doing something wrong, think about it like your hands. When you get something dirty on your hands, what do you do? You clean your hands. When you have a guilty conscience, what do you need to do? Confess your sin. You need to come to the person you've sinned against, whether it's your parent, and go, yeah, mom, I didn't go over to Jane's house. I was really at Bob's house. I told a lie. Because you know what? You know how teenagers Teenagers do that. They say we're going to go spend the night somewhere, but really they go somewhere else. Has any teenagers ever done that? Okay, let's just keep it real. You know what you need to do? You need to go back to your parents and you just say, I'm wrong. And then maybe your mom told you not to hang out with that friend on Facebook, but you on the sneak are still hanging out. If you want a clean, good conscience, that means you've got to confess and get the junk out. I want you to see, ask yourself this question as you're looking at these hands. Are your hands clean right now? Or are you hiding some sin up in your life right now? You see, if you want to be somebody that can touch heaven, if you want to be somebody that can feel God's presence, when you come to this church, you feel his presence. When you're going out into your job or your school or you're hanging out at home, you can feel God. But I'll tell you something. You know what will keep you from feeling God's presence? is if you've got dirty hands. 
See, the Bible doesn't say God, God hates sinners. No, God loves sinners, but he wants to forgive us of our sin. So as you're looking at these hands right now, I want you to keep it real and be honest with yourself. How is your conscience? Is your conscience dirty right now? Are you guilty of some junk that you've done behind your parents' back, behind your teacher's back, behind God's back? Because if you had, you got some dirty hands, but you need to clean your hands. Look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. It's right on the board. How much more than will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciousness or our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Everybody say, cleanse my conscience. That y'all didn't mean it like you, you didn't say it like you mean it. Say it again. Say, cleanse my conscience. Now what cleanses your conscience according to the scripture right here? The blood of what? The blood of Christ. And how does the blood wash your conscience? White as snow? By the Spirit of God. So where's Jesus? He's in heaven right now. But where is the Holy Spirit? He's here. But the greater question is, is is the Holy Spirit here? Is He on the inside of you? Because if you have a guilty conscience, the Holy Spirit will take the blood of Jesus and on the inside of you, wash your hands, wash your conscience clean so that you can touch God. So some of you are saying to me, man, I don't feel God when I pray. It's because you have a guilty conscience. Some of you are saying, I only feel right when I come to church, but when I'm at home, I don't feel God. You know why? Because when you come to church, you clean your hands. You get your conscience clean. So you need to learn the lesson wherever you are, whenever you get your hands dirty, you need to put some hand sanitizer on it called the blood of Jesus and get rid of your guilt and shame in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? You see, you don't need to just carry around hand sanitizer. You need to have the Holy Spirit by the blood of Jesus in your life to wash your guilty conscience clean. God didn't say you had to be perfect to go to heaven. You just need to be cleansed of your imperfections, and that's called forgiveness, and it's free for everybody. Amen? Amen. The second thing that you need to have is a pure heart. Everybody go, boom, boom. So you need to have a clean and a pure heart. Now, what is your heart? Your heart is your thoughts and your emotions. It's how you think about yourself in life. Look at Luke 6, It's how you talk to yourself. Has anybody ever talked to themselves? I'm not talking like you're crazy. I'm just saying you ever talk to yourself. If you talk to yourself out loud, you know, that might be a little bit more crazy. If you have an imaginary friend you're talking to out loud, that's really crazy, okay? But have you ever just talked to yourself? How many are talking to yourself right now going, I don't know why he's talking about me talking to myself. And then you're asking yourself, why is he talking about me talking to myself? It's so weird. I'm not trying to do it, but I'm really still doing it right now because I'm talking to myself going, why is he asking me? I'm talking to myself. But we all talk to ourselves. If I could put a microphone to your thoughts right now, everybody would be thinking things. And you'd be going, why does he keep thinking about what I'm thinking? I'm just trying to think on my own. Get out of my head. Okay, now follow me. Inside your mind, inside your emotions, it's what the Bible calls your heart. Look at your neighbor and say, a pure heart. Amen. Look at Luke 6.45. The good man. Somebody say, the good man. Thank you. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. So the good man, the person who lives right, has good things, good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Everybody say good versus evil. 
But listen, we're not talking about angels and devils right here. We're talking about inside you. You have enough of your own stinking thinking to have evil, and you have enough of thinking in your own mind to be good. You choose what you're going to think about. Think about a computer. A computer has a hard drive. That hard drive starts out pure. It starts out empty. But we begin to fill that hard drive with different things. If people like pornography, they fill the hard drive with pornography. But is it the hard drive's fault? No, the hard drive's just a blank slate. And that's how your mind is. You can't blame the devil on what you did. You choose to think about what you do. You choose to go where you go. You choose to either be good or bad. God can't make you do it. And sure enough, the devil didn't make you do it. You decide what you do. Now look at the last sentence. For out of the overflow of his heart. Everybody say heart. The mouth speaks. Now if I could see some of your hearts today, this is what it would look like. Yeah, evil. You see, some of you go and watch horror movies, but I want to tell you where the real horror is. The horror show is for some of y'all right inside your own heart. Yeah, because you get angry. You curse people out up here, don't you? You get jealous. You get lustful. You get proud. And nobody sees it. It's just in your heart. And you don't think it matters because you think you're pretty good. Because you compare yourself to other people. And you don't look at yourself. And so you'll judge other people. But I want to tell you something. God looks at your heart. He looks at your attitude. He looks at how you treat the girls in the lunchroom. He looks at how you treat the friends on the block. He looks at what you do when you're with your girlfriend all by yourself or your boyfriend. God looks at your heart. And I want to tell you something. You can't expect to touch heaven. You can't expect to have a great relationship with God with evil in your heart. Now, the good thing is, is that God's got a cure to our evil. Just like the blood of Jesus washes our guilty consciences, the blood of Jesus will also purify our hearts. Psalms 51.10 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Place your hand over your heart, everybody, right now. Come on, place your hand over your heart and say, God, say it like you mean it, God, created me a clean heart, a pure heart, and give me a good spirit, a steadfast spirit. You see, today, Jesus can create in you a new heart. I guarantee you that this was the way my heart looked before I met Jesus. And as a matter of fact, everybody's heart is like this. But when I came to Jesus, November 5th, 1995, that means November of this year, we'll make 15 years serving the Lord. Is that keen say? I'll be keen say años. Is that my saying it right, mijo? Okay, that's all right. We'll just pretend like I know. My, my, is that all right? He's like, no, it ain't, man. No, it ain't. But you know what I'm talking about, huh? Keen say? Años, 15 years. Look at your neighbor and say he tries. Now listen, when I came to Jesus Christ, my heart looked like this. November 5th, 1995. I was 18 years old. I was a lot thinner, a lot better looking. Had no gray hair anyway. Let's get off of that. So when I came to Jesus, you know what I had? I had a lot of junk in the trunk, baby. I had sexual perversion. I had anger. I had lying. I had stealing. I had rebellion towards my parents. But you know what I did at my mother's kitchen table? Not at a church. Not at a youth group. At my mother's kitchen table. I cried out to God and I said, God created me a pure heart and give a right spirit within me. And here I am, ta-da, 15 years later. And if God did it for me, he can do it for you. My heart is not what it used to be because Jesus Christ changed me. Do you want to have a relationship with heaven?
Or do you want to see hell on earth? Haven't we seen enough hell on earth? You see, we need to start seeing some heaven on earth. My friends, who's bigger, God or the devil? Now let me ask you a question. What power do you see in your high school more? Do you see more of God's power or do you see more of the devil's power? The devil. We see more fighting. We see more stealing. We see more anger. We see more rebellion, teen suicide. And all of this comes from the devil. But God is looking for a generation. Somebody say a generation of elevation in a youth nation. You see, God is looking to bring an elevation to a generation in a youth nation. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for people to touch heaven. And I'm going to tell you what, you can't climb up a ladder and get to heaven and walk on streets of gold. But you know how heaven will come down to earth? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Has anybody ever heard that prayer before? Do you know how, yes, you know how the kingdom of God comes on this earth? When you have clean hands and a pure heart, everybody shout out, Revival! Thank you. And when that happens, we will change a nation. Now turn with me to Leviticus 19.4. This is a throwback in the way back to the Old Testament. This is when they used to worship idols. This is when people used to have big golden statues in their houses. And God told them, you can't have any idols before me. So let's look at what he said in Leviticus 19.4. Do not turn to idols or make gods of cast metal for yourself, for I am the Lord your God. Everybody say, get that idol out of there. Now y'all ain't with me. Somebody say, get that idol out of there. Say it like you're in Italian from New York. Say, get out of here. Now let me ask you something. How many know if right now I had a Buddha on this stage right now? You could say, Buddha, get out of here. Come on, say something. Somebody say, get out of here. Eh, get out of here. But how many know if I had some of these idols on stage? If I had some of these idols on stage, oh, oh, these are my besties. I want to be with them. Look at Justin Berber with his little lip gloss on. He's so effeminate, but yet so cute. I love him. And look at Drake. He just looks so manly. And then look at Katy Perry. I kissed a girl. Oh, yeah, she's so hot and sexy. Oh, yeah. And then little Wayne. Now, let's see if anybody listens to rock and roll, because I just throw one rock and roll band up there. Does anybody know what band that is? Yes, Godsmack. There it is. Who said Godsmack? My man Jeremiah. Don't be ashamed. It's okay. <laughs> Don't be embarrassed. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. You're saved now. It's okay. Deep breaths. There is a band called Godsmack. And it says, you cry. They made a song called, you cry like a bee. The B word. You know the B word, the female cat. You cry like a bee. And the name of their band is called Godsmack. And this is what's popular today. These are the idols of our generation. This is the idol. And I guarantee you, so many young people, they will give up God for this. If they had the opportunity to have that big money gold chain around their, 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 uh, their necklace, they would give up God. They would stop coming to church. Maybe if there was a concert and your parents would let you go see Drake. Maybe you would stop coming to church. And the Bible says you need to get rid of your idols. Get rid of those things that turn you away from God. Are any of these people here going to bring you closer to God? Is there music? Because a lot of times people ask me, they say, man, can we listen to their music? Well, let me ask you something. Is Lil Wayne, million, 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 yeah, going to bring you closer to Jesus? Certainly God smacks that could have bring you to close to Jesus. Somebody said, Oh, Drake will give me a religious experience. Woo! 
He'll bring me closer to Jesus. Listen to me. That's dirty and nasty. Don't even think that way. Okay. But some of y'all get in your mind that, you know what? Oh, they're not so bad. Ask yourself this question. Do they bring me closer to Jesus or take me away from Jesus? Now, everybody look at the screen. On the count of three, say, get out of here. One, two, three. Get out of here. See, we need to get rid of the idols of our life. Look at what First John 5.21 says. Dear children, look at your neighbor and go, Dito. Dito, Dito, Dito. You need to get rid of idols. Keep yourselves from idols. Do not let the music, do not let the entertainers, do not let the things of this world take the place of God. God should be number one. Amen? Now the last thing, James chapter 4, verse 4. Everybody say, don't lie. Say, you better not lie. You see, I'm going to tell you something right here. Being a liar is one of the easiest things you can do in life. Because sometimes people don't know if you're telling a lie. See, I could tell you right now, well, when I was growing up, I had a pony. Well, you wouldn't know if I had a pony, really, would you? You wouldn't know if I had a pony. And I could say, last night when nobody was watching, I was playing Halo Reach Dude online, and I beat everybody, man. And you wouldn't really know because you weren't there playing with me. Or I could be like, man, look, I got mad in 2011. I throw the touchdowns, dude. I'm the bomb dizzle with the Saints. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't know, but listen to me. You see, lies are something that God pays attention to. God pays attention. So let me give you all a little good question right here. So like when I see Ashley, and I'm like, what's up, girl? You serving God? You living for Jesus? She better tell the truth because God's looking at her heart. Amen? All right, come on. That's why when I go up to my man Adam, and I'm like, Adam, dude, you keeping it locked up for real, for real? Not going out there maxing and having sex with girls? You living for Jesus? What do you say? Yes. See, you got to keep it real. Look at your neighbor and say, keep it real. James chapter 4, verse 4. God looks at the heart, people. Keep it real. He says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Check your heart right now. Are you a hypocrite? You see, hypocrites have a hard time admitting they're hypocrites. That's why they're hypocrites. But I want to tell you something. You will not get close to God being a hypocrite. David said, who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands, a pure heart, does not lift up his soul to idols or swear by what is false. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, don't lie. You see, I want to ask you a question right now. How do you think Jesus feels when he looks at the world and all the lies politicians tell? All the lies that politicians tell. How about all the lies that people tell in high school? How about all the lies that girls believe from dudes? Oh, yeah, baby, I love you. Oh, yeah, after we have sex, I'm going to be here for you, baby. What if I get pregnant? Oh, baby, I'm going to be a baby daddy. I'm going to take care of that. How many know that dudes lie? How do you mean, how many know that when God looks at this world, his heart breaks? I want to ask you a question when God looks at you. Does he look at you and go, man, who is that? I see them as one way, but they come to church and act another way. Angels, who is that right there? Why is this person being so fake? I wonder if sometimes God looks at us. You know, we come to church, hallelujah, I love you, Lord. And then in our hearts, we're like, I can't wait to get out of here. I don't know why my parents make me come here. I just came here to hang out with my friends. This is so stupid. You see, when God looks at our hearts and he sees that we're lying, that we're breaking our word, that we're being hypocrites, it breaks his heart. You know why? Because God is looking for people to keep it real. It doesn't mean you're perfect. We're all imperfect. So keep it real. Talk 
Talk about who you really are. Bring to God who you really are. Don't come to your friends and be like, can I tell you what's going wrong in my life? You know, Bobby broke up with me. I'm getting absent class, and nobody wants to be my friend because I don't wear Dolce & Cabana to school. Let me tell you something. And you talk to your best friends like that, but when you come to God, you're like, our Father who art in heaven. No, keep it real with God. Why don't you talk to God and say, God, they don't like me. They make fun of me. But help me. Somebody say, don't lie. You see, God is looking for people who are going to keep it real. I want you to stand up to your feet. Band, come right now. And everybody give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. Come on. I want you to listen to this scripture again. Because some of you missed it at the beginning. The same scripture that you heard at the beginning is now at the end. David, a man of God, asked this question. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So he said, bam, the earth is all about God. The world and all who live in it, for he founded it upon the seas and upon the waters. So God made this world. Somebody say, he's my creator. Now look at this. He asked this question, verse 3. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? So David asked a question. He said, who hangs out with God? He referred to where God was as a holy hill. Because on Mount Sinai, Moses met with God face to face and received the Ten Commandments. You've heard of the Ten Commandments, right? The Bible says Moses got that from God personally. And by the finger of God, he wrote it in stone. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not steal. David comes about a thousand years after the time of Moses. A long time since Mount Sinai when God had met with man. And David says from his heart, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in this holy place? And I feel that's a good question to ask you today, young people. Who's going to get close to God? Who's really going to have their pain taken away? Who is going to have a relationship with Jesus and experience heaven on earth? How do I know God is real? The first thing I can just point to and say, well, look at the devil. He's real. That's enough proof right there. There's got to be somebody to beat him up. I'm tired of seeing violence, perversion, all of these things in young people's life. I want to ask, do you want to ascend to the hill of the Lord? Do you want to be in His holy place? And you might say, Pastor, where can I do that? The Bible says that you can worship the Lord in spirit and in truth wherever you are. So that means the holy place of God can be in your bus on the way to school. A holy place can be in your room after you shut off the PS3. Ladies, after you shut off the Facebook, God's place can be your place. But how? How does your place, how does your room, how does your mind, how does your heart become God's heart, God's place, God's mind? How does God's place become your place? Here's what it says. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy place? He that has clean hands, a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. God is looking for people that are willing to wash their hands in the blood of Jesus and say, God, my conscience is dirty. Now, you know who you are in this place and you know the lies you tell 
Don't tell them to God. He loves you and He'll change you. Bible says, who has a pure heart. That means how you talk and how you think. If it's not pure, God don't want to be there. But if you let Him wash you, He'll be there. I want you to think about this to yourself right now. If I had my car, my Mercury, Grand Marquis, and I pulled up, and I had a bunch of mud and dirt all up in this car, would you want to be in that place? No. And when Jesus looks at our hearts and He sees that junk, He says, man, I don't want to be in that place until they ask me to clean it. Now, if you were a friend, and I said, man, I had just been out in the mud, working in the fields, doing something crazy. Will you help me clean it? A true friend will help you clean it, right? Jesus will clean your heart for you. But don't ask Him to live in that heart without it being clean. Well, Jesus just loves me the way I am. Yes, but He doesn't want you to stay that way. Yes, He loves you, but He doesn't want you to stay that way. And the Bible says, lift up a soul to an idol. I wonder if right now, if we begin to track all the hours you spent this week on Facebook, all the hours you spent watching movies, all the hours you spent with your iPod on listening to your favorite music, all the hours you spent playing your video games, and put on another side of the scale. So all the hours you did all those things are on this side, and then on the other side, all the hours you spent with Jesus. All the hours you spent reading your Bible. All the hours you spent preaching. All the hours you spent praying. What do you think would win? I'll tell you what. That will show you that a lot of us have idols today. A lot of us have things in our lives that we put before God. Don't do that. Because you're not going to be close to Him if you do. And the last thing. Do not swear by what is false. Don't be a liar. And that means right now, don't be a hypocrite. If you got some issues right now with God, well then keep it real and come to this altar and say, God, wash my guilty consciences of the things that I've hidden. God, purify my heart and the things I think about. God, take away these idols and the things I place before you because, God, I want to be real before you. The Bible says, naked you came in, naked you go out. You know how the baby comes out of the womb? Naked. And when you stand before God's judgment seat, naked. There's nothing to hide from. Nothing that can hide you. Now listen to this. You might say, Pastor, I I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if really doing these things, having a clean hand, a pure heart, kicking out the idols and keeping it real. I don't know if that's worth it. Listen to what David says. He or she will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God His Savior. You know what vindication means? Vindication means God's got your back. That means when the devil's messing with you, when trouble's coming into your life, when depression is coming, when when the attacks of the enemy come, Jesus steps up and goes, Get out of King's life, devil. I got His back. The Bible says you'll be blessed and God will get your back. Now look at this, verse 6. Such is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Somebody say a generation. Come on, say it like you're up tonight. Somebody say a generation. You know what a generation is? It's an age group. Everybody here is a part of a generation, whether you want to be or not. The parents that that I have are from the baby boomer generation. Some of you have parents that are my age in their 30s, a little bit older, maybe a little younger. 
that's generation X. The X generation. You know what? For those that are under 21, all of you here, you know what they call you? The Y generation. Because you don't know why you're here. There's more suicides in your generation than in any other generation because they don't know why they're here. There's more right now drug abuse, more abortion, unwanted pregnancies, more violence in schools. Do I need to go on? Do you guys get the point? You see it every day, but you get so used to it. The why generation. Why are we here? What are we to do? You know what? They'll fill it in with anything. They'll tell you, well, you're here to, to buy Drake's album. You're, you're here to get an education, to become a clog in the wheel, just become a part of the system. Oh, you're, you're here to look beautiful and be on America's next top model. And don't you dare gain a pound. That's why you're here. No, that's not why you're here. You're here to hang out with God. You're here to be in the presence of your Father. You're here because you're made in the image of God. And God loves you. And He is crying out to us through this passage. He says, I will bless you. I will vindicate you. But you got to be a generation who seeks me. I'm wondering if this generation, why? Wondering why they're here. will say, I know why I'm here. I'm here to seek God. I'm here to know who God is. You see, because God... God is looking for a generation of God seekers who will be forgiven of their sins, who will receive a new heart, who will love God with all their heart and keep it real with God. I'm telling you something. I want to be a God seeker for the rest of my life. And I want to see a generation of young people be God seekers. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we ask you to raise up a generation of young people who want to hang out with you who are not ashamed of you, and who want to get closer to you. God, you know each one of our hearts, and yet you still love us. You know all of our imperfections, and that's why you came to die for us. But Lord, more than that, you want us to be with you. And today, you're not asking for religion. You're not asking for choir members. You're not asking for church members. You're asking for a generation to seek you and to find you. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to start calling people forward that need these things in their life so that you can be close to God. So that God does not have to be just an imaginary friend or something you think about on Fridays or Sundays. As I start to pray for the different groups today, if that's you, don't be ashamed. You come up here to your knees and begin to seek God. When the Bible says, seek Him while He may be found. Because He's waiting on you. There's a place for you in His Spirit right now to find Him. First, I want to start with those in their hearts. Or rather those in their hands who have guilty consciences. If you need God to cleanse you from a conscience that is guilty, as I begin to pray, I'm going to ask you to come to these altars. I'm praying now, come, Father, those that have guilty consciences of things that they shouldn't have done. God, I pray that as they come forward and seek your face, that you will cleanse them. As you're coming forward to pray, just begin to say, God, cleanse my hands. Clear my conscience of guilt, God. So many of you young people, you deal with condemnation and guilt. You say, yes, I want to live for God. 
But when I mess up, I feel so bad. I don't know if He really loves me. I don't know if He really forgives me. Sometimes I feel like I disappoint Him too much. I want to tell you something. That's a lie. The Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That means God will never kick you out. That means God will never turn you away. No matter how many times you fall, He'll be there to pick you up. So right now, just confess those things to the Lord. Come on, cleanse my hands. Cleanse my hands, Jesus. Jesus. Now those who need a pure heart, if you're already up here, you can keep praying. But if you're not up here, but you need a heart to be clean. You've put so many things in your heart. They're not good things. There's evil things there. There's anger. There's perversion. There's jealousy. There's bitterness. And you want it out. You want that junk out of your heart right now. Come on up here as I pray. Jesus, I'm praying now. Cleanse hearts today, Lord. Cleanse young people's hearts. Take out the junk, oh God. Make them pure, Jesus. A pure heart, God. Some young people here, they don't know what it's like to be pure. All they've seen their whole life is evil. Evil in their family. Evil on TV. God, they don't know that there's a clean heart waiting for them. But God, I pray today, they'll sense Your Holy Spirit cleansing them and purifying them. Come on, get out the junk today. Next, I'm praying for those that have idols. You know what I'm talking about. You've placed things before God. Things that are in your life. And you give them more attention than you do God. Yeah, it's easy to say, Buddha, to get out of here. But your friends have become idols. Your music, your TV. Come up now as I begin to pray. Father, rid us of our idols. Take away those things that try to take your place. God, we want to love you more than anything else. God, we want you more than anything else. If that's you, come on, just begin to cry it out. Begin to cry it out. And then now those that are up here and even those that still might need to come, we're going to begin to cry out to God not to make us liars so that we'll keep it real. If I can tell my friends how my day's been, if I can complain about it on Facebook, then why can't I tell God? Why can't I keep it real and let God know how I feel? God's not looking for hypocrites, young people. He's not looking for you to make me happy. He wants you to keep it real with Him. You don't have to fake it. Just keep it real with God if you've been a liar. Come forward now as I pray. Father, set us free from the spirit of deception. Take away that deceiving spirit that makes us think we have to lie for people to like us. That we have to lie to get away with things. That God, like Adam and Eve, when we're caught in our sin, we want to run and hide and cover ourselves with leaves. Oh God, help us to keep it real before You. The whole earth is laid bare before You. You see everybody's thoughts and heart. Oh God, why should we lie? You're looking for a generation of God-seekers. As the band begins to sing, if you're not up here, begin to come up here. Don't leave until we dismiss. We're going to start praying for God to change us. Our leaders are going to come by and pray for you. If you want to say what it is, let them know. It will be just between you and them. If you want to worship, worship. But today, make it real. Take it out, Jesus. Cleanse us. Come on, sing it, man. Sing it from the beginning. Pull out of me. Pull out of me.
Jesus Christ say holy who may dwell in this place who may be in your presence oh for young people tonight who just need to make it right that you pull out of them the things they cannot see God pull out of us depression oppression and suppression oh God and make us free 
Pull out of me deception, manipulation. Oh God, those things that I can't see. Pull them out, pull them out of me. God, pull out the lust. Pull out the anger. Pull out, pull out of me the things that I thought were me. And make me holy. God, pull out of me unbelief, fear of failure and peer pressure. And let me see who you made me to be. Oh, holy, holy.